Hello, and welcome to the Evolve Soul Care Podcast, where we're changing the narrative of mental health through dynamic discussions with everyday people. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Pritchett, a board-certified psychiatrist and elder in the Lord's Church. Today, we have one of our usuals returning with us, that's Shalanda Maxey. How are you today, Ms. Shalanda? I'm well. I'm well. Good. And we also want to welcome today uh, Joseph Chapman, Elder Joseph Chapman, I should say, to the podcast. Um, I'm going to ask Elder Joseph to introduce himself, to tell us a little bit about himself, and then we're going to talk about uh, social distancing and how that can affect mental health. But tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm asking you to introduce yourself because the last time I introduced somebody, I got the name of their sorority wrong. <laughs> they were not happy. So this is my new technique. You tell me your your fraternity. <laughs> oh, good afternoon, Dr. Pritchett. Well, of course, my name is Joseph Chapman III. I am a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. I am a licensed on social worker with a bachelor's and a master's degree. I graduated from Austin Peay State University. I am also the chairman of the Montgomery, Houston, Humphrey, Robson, and Stewart County Suicide Prevention Task Force. And I also serve on the Tennessee Advisory on Board for Suicide on Prevention. It's a position that's um, appointed by the governor of the state. So we are really honored to have you here And we want to talk with you in all of your hats as um, an African-American male who's part of a a nationwide, rather international uh, fraternity group, as um, a leader in the state of Tennessee regarding suicide prevention, as an elder in the church. We want to get your take on um, COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic how that's affecting the community, and particularly not just how the virus itself is affecting the community, but how um, people are responding to it, and both positively and and negatively. So that's kind of what we're going to be uh, talking about um, today. So let's start with with you. What's your what's your take on um, this pandemic and the people's response? to the pandemic? Uh, I have mixed views about the response um, that people display at this time. Um, We know this is a a pandemic that affects the world, but what I'm seeing is some people not taking this uh, disease or virus seriously as others. And I think that's a a problem. Many people are going around nonchalant and going on business like it's a regular day not understanding how infectious um, this disease is and the complication affects the people that's affected by it. And then the worst case scenario is someone who dies and how it impacts the family. Yes, absolutely. Has um, anybody here, Shalanda or, or yourself, um, Elder Chapman, have any of you um, had contact with or a personal um, uh, information about people who've been hospitalized or who've been affected uh, directly by the virus. I see you're shaking your head, um, but they can't see you shaking your head, so you've got to say yes. 
I'm just waiting for you to finish. Okay, the question. Uh, we're trying right. to be rude. Yeah, I, I, I do. My um, best friend, her auntie in Louisiana, she has the virus and she has to be hospitalized and put on a ventilator because she says she can't breathe on her own. So it's very serious. It's very serious, very serious. My, uh, my husband, who uh, also happens to be a member of the same fraternity as Elder um, Chapman, had two um, fraternity members, really one fraternity brother and his wife, um, who are currently in ICU uh, ventilators in Georgia. And my daughter, who has a good friend um, who is from Italy, um, has had three older, three of their elder family elders um, uh, die uh, in the crisis. So it definitely is something that should be taken seriously. But one thing that I wanted to point out that I noticed is that um, you know there is a cultural response uh, to this virus as well as to everything. Um, that happens. Uh, for instance, we've seen pictures of them in Italy coming out at night and singing, or pictures in Spain of them coming out and applauding the uh, first responders and the doctors and, and the nurses. The American cultural response does seem to be more on the humorous side, uh, so that we see memes and we see uh, texts that we, we now call the coronavirus Rona. We have names for it. And I think, you know, while uh, culturally um, that might be useful in getting some people through to make a joke of it, it also may do exactly what um, Elder Chapman was talking about, and that is decrease the seriousness of it in, in the minds of, of some people. Um, so we know that it's serious. We know that there are things that we should be doing um, based on uh, the Center for Disease Control guidance. One of those things has been called social distancing. Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, uh, Dr. Pritchard, before I speak on that, and you brought it up about how Americans are taking lightly of the disease about the uh, memes and minds that's being posted, but there was one post I seen that really did my heart well. Uh, it said, COVID, Christ over viruses, infectious diseases. And I said, that is the key. Christ yeah. is the key to everything. Yeah, um, I saw that one too. And you're right. You're right about it. It, it, it was not only heartwarming, but truth that you know that has to be has to be upheld you're absolutely right so okay um what do you think what do you think about uh social distancing and how we make that happen um and what the potential effects both positive and negative might be okay social distancing is absolutely a wonderful um idea to help curb um the amount of people that's being affected um that's a positive the one negative I, that i really don't like about social distancing is i am a hugger i love to hug because when you have positive energy a positive spirit and you hug someone 
who may be um, going through that energy is being transferred and they feel the love of Christ um, embodying, uh, embodying them. So that's one thing I, I really don't like about social distancing is that I'm a hugger. Now, many people are not abiding by social um, distancing. You know, they're not um, maintaining like six feet um, away from each other. They want to be up in, the, in everyone's face, talking, coughing, sneezing, spitting, whatever. <laughs> and and that's why, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why, why, why is that? Why do you think that that is that some people will flat out ignore what is put in place to keep them healthy and the ones they they love healthy? Um, is it disbelief? What, what is that about? I believe many of them say, it's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to get affected. I've been sick before. Uh, the government is over um, analyzing, overreacting. Uh, me personally, I believe the government is underreacting. Hmm. Uh, because we, we see in the news how people are going to supermarkets coughing and spitting on produce wow. and, and uh, spitting or coughing on law enforcement's face. And wow. there's no, <laughs> yes, man. And nothing is really being um, dealt with because when we first heard about COVID, they said, wash your hands. Then as time progressed, you see um, they're being reactive and implementing um, more things. Well, no more than 250 people should gather. And then that number changed again. Oh, now you need to stay six feet apart. So my thing is the government should have been ahead of it and addressed it. Okay, but there's an unknown virus coming here. We need to take these precautions, A, B, C, and D, and E. Um, so right now, we're in a reactionary state and starting to be proactive, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Shalonda, what's your thoughts on that? Um, social distancing, it, it, to me, is, is good and bad. Um, it's good because it's smart to keep people from, you know, interacting with each other and possibly transmitting the disease. But for some people that suffer from anxiety, um, it could be a little challenging, like me. For example, yesterday I came home and for some reason I felt um, felt like I was suffocating. So I started opening up all the windows, and then I had to, you know, talk myself like, "Calm down, you know, just calm down. You know, just need some fresh air," because you know, just being in the house can be challenging. Absolutely, and we're we're seeing that um, in in the work that I do. I'm just beginning this week to see more and more um, people who are coming in uh, to hospitals with anxiety that they are relating to um, the COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic and feeling worried, excessively worried that this might happen uh, to them. The reality is that um, we are created by God to be social beings. You know, when he looked at Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he created a mate uh, for Adam. And even after um, making a mate for, for Adam so that Adam would not be alone, 
he continued to fellowship with them, to walk with them in the cool of the garden, to talk with them. We're hardwired um, for companionship. Everybody wants a mate, everybody wants a friend, everybody wants somebody. We're hardwired that way. And so when we have an artificial um, uh, separation, when we have something that says, no, you can't be with people, no, you can't do the things that you usually do, it can be very difficult and people react in different ways. Some people, as Elder Chapman uh, was sharing, are rebellious, are just straight up rebellious. And you say, no, you know, you can't um, party. I was told, um, and this was something that I was told from a reliable source, I didn't see it with myself, that here in our community, there was a club that hosted a coronavirus party where if you brought five people with you, you could get in for free. You know, just an act of rebelliousness. So we do have, you know, we do have that. We know that in other countries um, that have a different type of government, they dealt with that rebelliousness very swiftly. Um, I'm talking about China and, um, and Japan. Uh, they put that in check, um, you know, very swiftly and from our standards, even harshly. Um, Italy and Spain, we see now coming up with increasing fines for people who um, ignore the order to stay at home. How do we deal with the rebellion? We're talking today, if you're just joining us, about um, how we safeguard our mental health while social distancing. Right now, we're talking about um, that group who refuses to social distance, who rebel against that. How do we, as a nation, um, as a country, as a city, as even a community, how do we deal with a rebellion um, when it's for the common good? Well, there's two ways you can deal with it. Um, we can't stand when government hit our pockets. <laughs> so one thing could possibly be done is like, you know, institute the fines and start charging people. Um, because we know COVID is an infectious disease and people will die. Mm -hmm. So if you knowingly and willfully disobey a law, and you were found that you were infected, you need to be um, charged as anybody else um, has been charged with murder or a terroristic or a terroristic threat. Let them know like, this is what's gonna happen. If you do X, Y, and Z, you either gonna get fined or put in jail because they like said it's a pandemic. People are dying and you willfully being disobedient and rebellious, so we got something for you. So that's the way I look at it. Um, Put the hammer down on them. Put the hammer down. The, the hammer, bricks, um, <laughs> the ball, the put all that. Because, uh, I mean, one thing I noticed about Americans, and I included, when we're not held accountable for our actions, we take that 100 miles and we continue to go on and do what we want to do and how we want to do it. So 
when we find out there is consequences for our action, we may be slower to do or act a certain way. Absolutely, absolutely. So dealing directly with rebellion. One of the other um, things that you brought up, um, and I think both of you mentioned this, is not only do we have rebellious people, but we have those who are in denial. You know, the statistics have been saying that, um, you know, 80% of the people who get uh, the, the virus, who are infected by the virus, you know, will recover, no problem. You can go home and, you know, wait out the days at, at home. And it's that 20% of people who might have an underlying illness already be somehow compromised that are at risk for, um, uh, for more serious uh, conditions. And so we've got rebellion on one hand, but then we have denial. Um, on the other hand, as well. And so some of the people uh, that were interviewed in, on the beach in Florida was like, well, yeah, you know, if I get it, you know, I'll be sick for a few days and, and that's that. How do we deal with denial? We talked about dealing with rebellion. How do we deal with denial? When it comes when it comes when it comes to people like that, it 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 it's hard. That's that youth, immaturity, and ignorance um at play. But what they fail to understand, especially males, is that this virus um it, it affects males more than women. We're more apt to die from COVID than women. Mm. And 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 the news touched on it just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but also um, from interviews I've seen with um, renowned physicians talking about how this virus not only does it affect the respiratory system or anything like that, but when it comes to male, it attacks our um, testicular areas as well. My mind. So if you have this disease, you may or may not be able to have children in the future. My mind, my mind. So, um, you know, getting the word out um, to those groups of people who are more likely to deny uh, young, young people being one of those groups is so important. But beyond, I want, I want to get on to something Shalanda brought up, and that is anxiety. So some of the mental health reactions that we're having, rebellion, denial, but also anxiety, um, the nervousness. And part of that has to do with it being unknown. They call this the novel coronavirus. We've had coronaviruses um, around coronaviruses, you know, cause the SARS um, epi epidemic or pandemic. It, coronaviruses are, cold, are the common cold. It's a virus that also causes the common cold. But this is a new or novel coronavirus, something that humans have not experienced before. And whenever we turn on the TV, we hear, well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Does it affect babies who are in the womb? We don't know. You know, um, can you be reinfected? We don't know. How long does it last? We don't know. So there's a lot of unknowns. 
And um, when we're faced with unknowns, people experience anxiety. So uh, talk to me a little bit, uh, Shalanda, about anxiety and what you've seen in others um, around this virus. Um, well, what I've seen from some of my family members is they, um, a lot of them aren't even, you know, how we're being told to stay in the house. I have some family members that are still going out for, you know, just for any reason to go get out the house because they're anxious. And so the way that I'm trying to help prevent spreading the virus is I'm not accepting any visitors. If you come to my house with something, um, okay. leave it on the porch in the mailbox, but I'm not accepting any visitors. And okay. at first my family, you know, they may take it kind of like, dang, you being real harsh, but no, I have underlying health issues. So it may not be serious to anyone else, but it's serious to me. And I think that's, if more people who are abiding by the rules did that, then I think there would be less spread as well. Like don't accept the people that are being rebellious. I think eventually they'll get the picture, honestly, but for me, I'm not accepting That's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Any, any thoughts, uh, Elder Chapman? Well, what um, Shalana said, I, I, um, I totally agree with. Um, I know I went out a couple of times just to, you know, to add a little more to what we already have. So when I went out, uh, I practiced my social distancing, but other people around me wasn't practicing it. <laughs> so I said, you know what, this is my last time going out the house. I'm, I'm, I'm in. The farthest you'll see me go is to my mailbox and my backyard where my dog is. Mm -hmm. Otherwise than that, that's it. And today this podcast is being recorded. I am truly happy because like you said, Dr. Pritchard, it is sunshine. It yes. is bright. Yes. Because whew, for those um, past week or so, it was rough on her brother. The jury, anything I did was sleep. It, it was almost like I was about to get into a depressive state. Mm -hmm. And that can, that can certainly happen, uh, that the anxiety of the unknown and really not knowing, is this going to affect me? And if it does, what's going to be the outcome, um, you know, leads people to make rash decisions. We've heard of um, a couple out in the Midwest who thinking they were taking um, a medicine that um, the president uh, endorsed or, or thought might be useful um, died. One of the, the two, the couple died by uh, taking too much of it. But the anxiety can lead us to make rash and wrong decisions. So we've talked about rebellion, we've talked about uh, denial, um, we talked about anxiety as, as being a possible outcome. We brought up depression as being a possible outcome. Um, most of us in this country, you know, one of the beautiful things about America is that we have the freedom of movement. We can move from state to state and, you know, out of the country, in the country. We are not used to being confined uh, to our homes. And as a result, a lot of people, quote unquote, don't know what to do with themselves. Um, and so we tap into 
overactive imaginations of uh, possibilities. We uh, get into boredom. Um, we become irritable and frustrated, particularly, you know, not only are you in your home alone, but oftentimes, you know, you have your children because schools have been, have been closed. And so you're responsible for, uh, you know, keeping them entertained and educated, you know, while you are managing your own um, emotions. So we have um, uh, rebellion, we have denial, we have anxiety, we have depression, we also have anger. Um, I wonder if, if you can speak a little bit to that. I heard yesterday that increased reports of domestic violence are, are happening. Um, also heard this morning, uh, the governor of New York, uh, apparently they've decided to release some of the low level um, people who were, were jailed for non-violent offenses and um, for what might be considered minor issues um, out of the jails to help decrease the spread of the virus um, in such a confined environment. But yet there was also concern that perhaps some of these people had been involved in domestic situations um, and were incarcerated, um, not being able to make bail, released because they couldn't make bail, but going back into that situation. So I'd like to hear um, the masculine point of view and the social work point of view and the suicide prevention coordinator point of view and the elder minister <laughs> view on all of that. Okay. So it's going to be all together, um, a different uh, facet. Domestic violence, we know, is wrong. And come from a spiritual aspect, those men or women who act on those emotions, we know there's a spirit involved. And it's an angry spirit. Now, are they angry at themselves or are they angry at what the other person did? That is the question. Um, that, that, that's a good question to really find out or delve into why are abusers abusers? Um, what have they experienced in their life? Now, when we are confined or self-quarantined, um, Dr. Pitt, you said your mind begins to roam and wander. So what are, what are we putting our minds at? What are we putting our energies to? Some are putting um, the energies into getting drawn closer to God, reading the Bible, meditating on the word, because we know God didn't give us spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, a sound mind. So this, while we are separated, we have to have a sound mind. We have to continue to focus and look and lean on to Jesus. Um, as far as that, now, what I really love is when I look at Facebook and you have teachers um, posting different things, um, talking about, uh, remember, there's no corporal punishment. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead, pit time, your Susie on time out. And, and a lot of the stress um, parents are having is because one, 
a lot of them didn't spend time to nurture their child. They want others to raise their child and to mold their children. And now that they're at home, they're seeing what the teachers or educators are going through. They, We're getting a view, aren't we? We're yes, ma'am. View of what everybody is kind of of dealing with, and I, I think in some ways a greater appreciation for other people's roles, you know, roles in life. So, you know, another thing that um, we're seeing, we talked about the anger, we talked about depression and anxiety, denial and rebellion um, as well. But I think we, you know, we can't um, forget that we also have um, people who already have mental illnesses or mental um, areas where they're weaker in and, <clears throat> excuse me, adding to the concern may tip them over into um, a position where they may be considering suicide um, or their chronic mental illness may be worsened and they're hearing voices, that kind of thing. What, what thoughts about them? What about people with addictions and who've been managing their addiction um, in their daily life, but now they have this added burden? Any thoughts about that, um, Shalanda? Yeah, definitely. Um, for the people that struggled with addiction and, you know, it's something that you're going to have to go back to your coping skills. You're going to have to go back to when you were freed from that addiction. It's like going back to the basics. Because if not, you're easily, this is an easy setup for someone to fall easily. So it's all about your mental and who are you surrounded by. Like if you have spouses, if you have a spouse, is your spouse helping you? Is he keeping you, he or she you know, trying to keep you, your, your spouse should know you. Your spouse should know you. So are they helping? And if not, do you have like a partner? Do you have like someone you can go to, you know, in times when you feel like you may be thinking? So absolutely. Yeah, go back to the basics. So we're um, coming up on, on a half hour or so. So our time is, is shortening. I just want to go over some things and I ask both of you to chime in. Um, with any information, uh, how we can safeguard our mental health while social distancing. We've established that a social distance um, is an effective and necessary thing given this pandemic, um, but that it's also something that can produce unwanted um, emotions and unwanted uh, negative thoughts. We've talked about rebellion and denial We've talked about anxiety and anger. We've talked about how it can um, stroke uh, addictions uh, to come back up again, fear and irritation. Um, so we understand we have to do something as, as social beings. So the first thing we want to do is begin to reframe um, the situation. One of the things that we talked about is the American spirit and how the American spirit doesn't like to be told I can't um, do anything. And so reframing uh, social distancing to understand that's really, it's physical distancing and not social. We still want those social connections. We still want to be connected. And 
um, uh, Elder Chapman, you talked about some positive things that you saw on on Facebook and the positive um, positivity of prayer and, and reading the Bible. And Shalanda, you talked about you know remaining uh, connected with people, calling on a partner to support you, calling someone if you're feeling overwhelmed. So those connections um, remain important uh, to maintain. The other thing we want to talk about is attitude. And I always say that the first line of defense against any kind of emotional illness really is your attitude. Um, you know, what do they say? Uh, your attitude determines your altitude. Um, it determines how far you'll go, but it also determines your staying power um, as well. So having the right attitude um, can make a difference. So dwelling, as uh, Elder Chapman said, not on the can'ts, what I can't do, but you know, dwelling on the cans. So encouraging people to make um, a list of things that they can do, things that you know, Elder Chapman, you talked about being grateful for the sunshine, making a list, a gratitude list that you can refer back to that can be um, you know, something that is things you're grateful for past and present that you look at in the morning that becomes part of your giving honor and glory to God. And we recognize on this podcast that not everyone believes as we do. We're Christian believers. We know that there are other faiths and other religions that people have adopted. Um, and we know that there are some people who don't have a relationship with God. Of course, we would invite you into that relationship with God, but while you're outside of it, you can still be grateful. You can still find things for which you are grateful. And we ask that you start, um, start with that. And then activity. We talked about the fact that um, so many of us are scheduled by our jobs. So our outside jobs and our outside obligations, meetings and uh, task force and various things that we're on determine our schedule for us. And then we plug in things around those jobs. But if you're at home, and you don't have a schedule, you know, it's very easy to fall into um, sleeping all day long or, or getting up and not getting properly dressed or properly bathed. Um, so I'm asking you to schedule. Speak on that for a minute, um, Elder Chapman. I know as a social worker, that's something that you've encouraged people to do. Speak on a, living a scheduled life. Well, when you have a uh, living a scheduled life, everything is prioritized and you have a system in place. So if you have a system um, and a strategy, whatever um, gifts you have, whatever you want to accomplish, goals you want to accomplish, your mind is set on that. But also think about this coronavirus as a blessing as well, because sometimes we're so busy that we don't give our bodies enough time to recuperate, to heal itself. So I think this is good because this also gives us an opportunity to, to relax, relate, and release. Yes, yes. And, and let me get you to say a few words, Shalanda, about the scheduled life when you have a young child, because you're not just scheduling for yourself, you're scheduling also for somebody else. Absolutely. Um, 
it's definitely important to keep the little ones on schedule too because they're going to eventually this is going to pass this too shall pass so if you don't keep them on the schedule it's going to be even harder when they try to go back to school go back to daycare so even for myself i have to keep with a schedule because like you said it's easy for me to stay in bed but then i'm not going to be productive and then things are going to get out of whack and i feel like it will make it even worse than, than this situation time right now. Absolutely. I would advise literally scheduling the whole day from your rising in the morning, your meditation, prayer time, your cooking time, your cleaning time, your dressing time, your creative time, you know, just to schedule all of your time. Understanding that things may come up, you may not stick to the schedule, but having made an intention makes a difference. So scheduling in even your um, exercise time and certainly scheduling in some time for breathing and as, as Elder just left us with um, relaxing and releasing the energy. And so this has been our time um, today on the Evolve Soul Care podcast. Um, we do have an earlier podcast on anxiety that some of you may want to uh, go back and listen to. And we invite you to do that. This has been a dynamic discussion about mental health in this time of social distancing. If you want help to change the narrative of your mental health, you can join this discussion about today's topic. You can leave a suggestion for a future topic on our website, evolvetbcc.com, or visit our Facebook page, Evolve Transformative Biblical Counseling Center. And remember, God cares about your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior. Till we meet again. <laughs>